Hello and welcome to this episode of the Sports Unite podcast. We are back after a little hiatus. Of course, the summer's always a little crazy here, but we're here to talk everyone's favorite uh, early summer pastime, and that's playoff hockey. When the weather gets warm, that means the games get intense and we get closer to the final. And we are here. We know our two finalists. Uh, but before we get into that, let's introduce everyone on the podcast today. We have uh, Alvaro back. Welcome back once again. Thank you for having me. Um, I feel like my uh, involvement here will be pretty brief and succinct for very, very specific reasons. And Adam, <laughs> once again, is back. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. I will be Maybe not as succinct as Elvaro, but yeah. for specific reasons. <laughs> and uh, we have one person who uh, is brand new to the podcast, but uh, very, very knowledgeable and still uh, pretty much the opposite feeling of Alvaro at this moment. Uh, welcome to the podcast, uh, Kenzie. Thank you, Justin. Uh, pleasure to be here. I'm happy to talk whatever you want. Go Habs. <laughs> also, the uh I would have said the farther, the most northern guest we've had now, uh, but not the farthest away, but uh, the most northernest. Uh, so uh, summer is over for you, I guess, and uh, you're uh, getting ready for the fall, right, Kenzie? Is that uh, is that how it works up there? Uh, I think it's going to get nice today. The sun's out, so that might help. Might warm up a little bit. We'll see. Only plus twelve right now. <laughs> And it will be up for like the next two, three minutes, maybe four or five. Yeah, we get and... we get the twenty four hour sunlight up here. Actually, oh. we get <laughs> okay. that far up. So yeah, yeah, the true north. It's, Forget. Yeah, it's bright all night. Like I walked home last night at two thirty, and the sun was still up. So Some two a.m. golf. Come on, awesome. Oh yeah, you just gotta watch out for bears. <laughs> oh. God. Thankfully, uh, no bears on this podcast, just uh, the occasional dog. Wow, right on cue. Uh, and cat. Uh, my cat has decided to join us. Uh, so we're just going to jump into it. We did a playoff preview episode uh, right at the beginning of the uh, Leafs-Habs series, uh, the start of the Canadian series, and the Americans uh, had already started to go. Uh, but we are now uh, into... Uh, the Stanley Cup final, and it seems like it's been a long road, uh, long season, and we've made it to the end of June, and we're not too far behind on a normal schedule. Uh, but overall, what are your takeaways from this playoff season? Really bad refereeing is, is the one thing that stands out, and I think is... Um, pretty well agreed upon by most fan bases, if not all, um, as well as teams themselves, players, media, um, everyone but the NHL officially. I would agree with that. Uh, I've not, Personally, I've never really liked how the standard changes in the playoffs, like from the regular season. Um, <clears throat> I think I was reading that there was a, a stat that McDavid hasn't drawn a minor penalty in the last two playoffs combined. Not that Edmonton has lasted that long, but like the amount of hooking and holding that players get away with, like it, it really changes it. Um, 
and this year has been no exception. And it's been the standard seems to move game to game uh, sometimes a little bit. And I'm just like, it ruins it slightly for me. Not ruins, but I, I don't mind power plays. I just wish everything was the same, called the same. I mean, yeah, consistency would be nice, I think. But um, overall, the playoffs, I have enjoyed them. Like, I, I didn't know how much, even going into the season, how I'd like only playing the same teams again and again and again. And I'm like, oh, in the playoffs, you're playing the same teams for the first couple of rounds. Um, but I didn't find that it took away any of the excitement. Like, it was kind of fun seeing, um, like, in the North, I felt the most, like, seeing those teams have series against each other. And, and even in this last round, like uh, Montreal against Vegas there uh, was good. Even though they hadn't seen each other all season, there was still some hatred going on. Like they, they grew and it was a good, it was a good series. I feel. Yeah, I would, I would also agree with the refing comments. Um, like Adam said, it's, it's the consistency game to game to game where they have had the same ref crews at a lot of these games before they switched them up after the game five kind of fiasco in Montreal, you knew what you were getting from the refs, but you didn't know what you were getting from the refs at the same time, because one game that's a cross check, one game tee off on his numbers and call yeah. nothing. So that was the, the Shea Weber behind the net play where he gets two and then he gives him two and then they toss them both. It's like, I don't know, man call the first one and then the other three don't need to happen. So just a little more consistency on that would be fantastic. Um, as for the series, great series. I thought it was a lot closer in a lot of the games with three of them going to overtime as well. So. Yeah. I mean, all, all about, uh, I mean, the glaring takeaway so far, uh, other than the, you know, the play and then, you know, the groups coming together is the refereeing. Now, every year you always hear about, you know, inconsistent refing, but is it the fact that it's been so bad this year that it's just been a focal point or mm-hmm. are, you know, is the media kind of taking this to the next level for the clicks, for the the views, or is it just kind of the, the fact that fans are completely fed up and this being such a unique year that this is the time to really highlight bad officiating and I don't even know how you get a change. I, <laughs> there, there, is there a way to make people more consistent or do we have to retire some old refs for a new wave of refs with glasses or something uh is there a way to to fix this or is it just finally the dam has broken and now and nhl's always been silent uh do they have to be vocal or do they have to quietly make changes and not have that come out in the news that they are making changes because of the refing has been bad which in itself would be a miracle not to get picked up at least by some news agencies um, I see, I tend to think along the line of, I think you need to rewrite some of these rules. Some of the rules have a lot of gray area to them. And 
it's up for interpretation by each individual person. And when, and as soon as you start taking an opinion to a lot of these calls, it doesn't become black and white anymore. You need to write some of these rules that are just black and white, show them what, what is, what isn't penalty. And that's it. So yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Sorry, Adam, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's two things. Uh, the first part of your question is, I do think this is a little uh, not blown out proportion, but there's more of a magnifying glass. This year, one due to COVID, I think people who watch hockey are watching it even closer than they have in the past. And in addition, like as technology advances, I think the scrutiny refs are going to be under is going to increase because now all of us can watch this in like super high HD and slow motion and see what happens more so like on our phones or our computers at the games instead of being like oh was that high stick or not like was that an exaggeration or not so that's something that like the more we can see something is the more that we can find the mistakes the rest make um i don't like the black and white approach personally like one of my most hated penalty calls is the delay of game because I understand it was there to prevent teams from like flipping the puck over the glass when they were pressured under their own end. But a lot of the times, like if that happens accidentally, I don't necessarily think like that's not in the spirit of why the rule was there. Um, in the same way that if you draw blood, it's an automatic double minor. Whereas I'm like, sometimes you get a really vicious high stick that doesn't draw blood and it's a two minute and you get a super non-vicious accidental high stick that like, I don't know, cuts the guy's cheek and suddenly it's a double minor. Like I do like a little bit of the gray zone, but I like when they cracked down, it felt like a couple of years ago on the hooking. Like, I feel like they even said they sent a thing to all the teams being like, these hooks on the hands are going to get called. And here's what we're counting. Or they did it with the kicking the puck in, I think one year as well. Like they just need to do that for each penalty. And then the important thing is they have to stick to it because they always start the year off being like, we're going to be super serious that hook, it's a penalty. But then you get like halfway through the season and you're like, well, we're not calling that anymore. And then teams are like, well, if you're not calling it, we're going to keep doing it. Like, Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's, uh, it's, it's part of that consistency that exists. And as soon as every fan knows, every, you know, media member knows that as soon as the playoff starts, it's an entirely different rule book that's going to be applied. Yeah. So maybe it is a bit of like a two-prong approach of, um, some rules maybe need to be more uh, solidified or, or confirmed um, and less discretion. I think the discretion part uh, has a big part of it because referees feel like they have to manage the game, right? And that's what came up from the, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was basically retired on the spot uh, when his uh, mic was live earlier in the, <laughs> in the regular season. And I think, honestly, I think the refs have, a bit of uh, a bit of animosity towards that towards the NHL for seemingly, you know, on the front end they're cracking down and they're saying this is uh, this is not what the integrity of the game needs. But then on the flip side, they're all over the place, even when it comes to like um, giving suspensions and yeah. and you know like it, it's there's just so much inconsistency that of course teams are going to feel like they need to have a sheriff on the ice. That's, you know, making sure that whether the rules get called or not, that they're going to be able to say, Hey, this is where we draw the line as a team. And if you go against that, we're going to, we're going to go after your guys too. Uh, so it's very old school thinking. Maybe it, is, it does need uh, 
a bit of a new wave of referees, um, as well as some some rules just being re-solidified, or even if it's not the writing of the rules, like you were saying, Adam, just that the NHL says, hey, uh, the rule hasn't changed, but we're going to start enforcing that it actually gets called more. Um, and it seems like the most of the penalties that get called are the ones that are as black and white as you're saying, oh, puck over the over the glass. Oh, two minutes uh, or double minor for the blood being drawn. It's just very, it becomes very uh, loose when you're watching the game, especially if you're watching it with someone that doesn't even watch regularly. How do you explain that to someone that you're just trying to get into the game? You're introducing hockey to them and they're like, but that wasn't called and this is called. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't explain it to you. This is very annoying. It's, It's frustrating to watch as a fan. I wonder if um, if the NHL could do kind of what the NBA does. Like, don't they publish the the last two minutes of each quarter or something like that? Like, they have a report where the refs do their decisions. Um, I don't know. Maybe 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 I'm misremembering, but I thought they did uh, the last two minutes of the game, kind of like what they were calling and what they weren't. Like, it, it, if the NHL was a little more transparent on like if a ref makes a bad call I think it's fine as long as like they kind of can own up to it or if the league actually comes in being like hey that cross check you called you didn't call in front of the net should have been called and if fans knew that refs were being held accountable I think there would be less hate towards the refs in a way or left being like oh refs are just doing whatever they want at the moment, we're like, maybe this is what the league wants, maybe it isn't, and then you get into arguments without anyone knowing any facts. But if the league could say, like, look, there were missed calls, we do review these with the refs, and we're trying to get that, like, that's all we want. We want to know that they are trying to move to a fair system, I think. And I've, yeah, that I've could heard be. a few times, I've heard a few times where, sorry, um, Mm-hmm. they've published a decision or they've come out with a decision of, Oh, why we didn't call that, but it's few and far between yeah. like you, you yeah. see one or two a year. Maybe I think what Adam said about the having to justify why you called or why you didn't call could help as well. Cause I think yeah, and it can set a precedent to too. Mm-hmm. You think being yeah, games being managed is, is generally a good thing. I, I think, think it could work fine just because it's like, if you do everything by the, by the book, like I think not that it'd ruin the game, but like every little hold, like a defenseman does tend to hold a four forward holds a defenseman before going into the boards, partly to like, so you don't like jam them into the boards, like, so you don't get boarding call, mm-hmm. but is that technically holding because you've taken your hand off the stick and you're kind of wrapping them up? I guess. Like if you look at the rule books, but the refs, like, I don't think that's a penalty, even if you are holding the guy. Like, that's where it's like a little, I guess that's not game management, but in my mind, that kind of is. You're calling the things that are malicious or that are impacting the gameplay. Like, if you're doing that to prevent an injury, like, yeah, good. Players shouldn't be, like, mm-hmm. boarding. Um, it's when you're like, oh, no, I'm letting that go, so I'll let this go. That's when it's getting out of hand. It's like, no, call someone, cross-check someone, and you don't call it the team's going to retaliate. Like, don't call just the retaliation. Yeah, because then it's it's never going to end. It becomes yeah. a self-fulfilling cycle. 
Um, and I think, I, I think the, there should be some discretion, but when you're in such a fast paced game and you're basically, you're judging intent on the fly, you know, whether that player had the intention of just protecting the other player in some cases, which happens, or they actually wanted to drive his head into the boards, which also happens. Um, <laughs> the problem is that they, like uh, Kenzie was referring to, that they're so few and far between actually justifying or, or trying to rationalize their decisions as a league, and that they actually have the same technology that we do, even better access to to different angles than we do in in game in real time um so maybe it takes a, another 30 seconds to review or maybe it takes a a minute to to get you know the nhl uh the office on a call and just say hey we can't really make a decision here we have too many disagreements on the ice we need we need a final statement we need someone maybe more impartial that's not on the ice to say, hey, you know what? Matching penalties or whatever the case is. Right. Just to just to kind of at least try. The, the thing is, I don't think they're even they're not really bothering to address anything. And that's when it becomes okay, the onus is on uh, the coaching yeah. staff or the players to actually be the ones to try to mitigate all of these things. It becomes it gets really dirty, right? It gets really yeah. ugly. One thing I've heard from having conversations with a friend about this topic too, he had once said, well, what if we add more to the challenge system? And my response to him was, we don't need any more challenges. We don't need any more time wasted where they're looking for things. I do agree with what Alvaro said. Um, maybe you review it, you take a couple minutes and you have that kind of eye in the sky, but to add to the challenge system is it just takes away from it, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it couldn't take away from it because then, then you have a, oh, if you challenge it and you're wrong, then you get a, a delay of game penalty too, and it's just yeah. like, oh my god, and then it becomes this whole game of chess of like, oh, we're going to use the challenge even though we know we're going to get. It's, it's it just gets really weird. Do you yeah. think when it comes to the challenge and even still, yeah, that eye in the sky that like. You know that fourth referee, the the you know the ones that are there in case of injury, like they could, you know they they could even act as that unless they get called in to the game. But when it comes to those things, do you think it should be kind of tweaked? Whereas if you if you see it, uh, like yeah, you can overturn. But if you have to like you know zoom in or go frame by frame, that's when it, and the NFL went through a whole kind of period where it was uh you know people were upset with the the pass interference and in the cfl you could challenge pass interference and they kind of used that as a test came to the nfl and the fans hated it but that was because you throw a challenge and any little touch or the receiver would go off just slightly uh they would call it but if you had to look for like a slight movement, which sometimes happens in challenges in hockey, and that's what the fans don't like is because it's so fast paced, you throw in a challenge, kills the momentum of some teams game flow. And then you take, you have to take, you know, three to five minutes to get back. Do, do you think that 
you know, the whole kind of system from telling the fans, you know, this is what we thought, you know, the, the good old days of player safety where, you know, this is the rule. This is why he got suspended for X amount of games. Here is, you know, the reason why we suspended him this, here's the video evidence and not like, you know, zooming in, you could clearly see his stick graze his face. Therefore it fits category X on the rule. Like, nobody wants that do you think that's kind of how we have to go in the mentality of fixing things is kind of a overhaul that way not overhaul the rules i disagree i i i don't think so i guess i'm not sure if you're that was a statement or a question but i don't think that's the way we need to go one i kind of wish a lot of the challenges had to be done in real time i I dislike the offsides challenge already. Like when it's like, oh, you have a guy watching this and he's watching it at like one tenth the speed and you can see the guy skate cross the line just before. The, I'm like, that didn't stop you from not letting the goal in 30 seconds. Yeah. It's to prevent, if you remember the Matt Duchesne breakaway against Nashville, where he was offside by like five, five or six steps or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it's to prevent. It's not to prevent you being offside by like a millimeter. Or how it was last year when it was like, oh, well, his skate's on the ice, but like it's it's still yeah. over the line, but in the air. It's like, oh my God, why does it matter? That's they not going to make the difference between a goal or not a goal. I think that what they need to do is not necessarily, we don't need more rules. That would be my, my thing. They just need to explain why or why not they're enforcing the rules. And not maybe necessarily every single game, but like if everyone knew what they were calling and why they were calling it, I don't think there'd be as many complaints. You could still disagree that it's like, oh, I think this crush should be a penalty. But if the ref was like, no, it's not a penalty because, because of whatever reason, we would be more willing to accept it. Or if they miss it and they're like, okay, like Mia culpa, I screwed up on that one. Or the NHL is like, our ref missed that call or whatever. Like, it's just the, the exchange of information that is lacking, I think. And everyone now is like, especially if it's a team you're cheering for, you're like, ah, oh, the refs hate us because of like the one hot mic. Like, clearly refs have biases. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, adding more layers on top of this that slow down the game or make it take longer, I don't think would be an improvement. I think you might be right. I think uh, what I think we might all agree on is that um, the NHL really needs to take ownership and control the narrative, uh, yeah. whether it is setting these boundaries, setting this, making it clear like they used to do, like the, the old Brendan Shanahan tapes of this is why this guy got suspended and this is the frame that you can see the contact to the head or whatever. Um, instead, now we have uh, Ron McLean interrupting Elliot Friedman when he's trying to be a little bit critical of the referees because he's an old referee and he's one of the old guard. And it just becomes that every every other interest group or every team, you know, has their own narrative and every fan base has their own narrative. Oh, Danny NHL, Gary Bettman really wants Vegas to win a cup. It's like, okay, own that narrative and maybe we can get beyond and say okay all of these penalties are being called because they are actually penalties and every once in a while there are some missed calls for sure it's going to happen 
Um, but I, I just don't see the NHL really doing anything and saying nothing means everyone else is just going to yeah. interpret everything and, and fill those gaps of knowledge with assumptions. So the playoffs just haven't been about the refs. There's been a lot of fun stuff going that, on. That's very it's true. We, yeah, no, that was the, just my main takeaway. <laughs> we've gotten the, the hard stuff, the, the, the bad stuff out of the way. Um, you know, no, overall, uh, uh, I, I like the layout of the season. I like the, you know, the series of games. I know some podcasts towards the end of the year, they were kind of over the North division. And I, I still, I don't get how you get over that. Like that's something unique. Everyone was clamoring for it at the beginning of the year. And I don't know unless like your team didn't do very well, you know, my team, obviously didn't make the playoffs but didn't finish last and i still had a blast with the the whole north experience you got to be aligned with different teams in some instances and play teams more than you've ever played them before Uh, and then it kind of brings that mystery into the semifinals like oh we haven't seen this team all year we just can rely on tape and our experience and trust ourselves that we're gonna carry on uh so what are your takeaways? Were you happy that this happens? Uh, are you looking forward to kind of the normalcy next year? Uh, what are your kind of takeaways for the for the end of the year? Um, I I enjoyed the idea of the North Division personally. Just seeing that inter Canadian rivalry that was sorry truck. <laughs> um. I liked seeing that inter-Canadian rivalry um, when the divisions are very split down the middle, the East and the West, you don't see that, you know, Montreal Edmonton rivalry or the Toronto Vancouver as as much because they're only playing twice a year. Um, I do think going back to normal, the normal divisions is going to be a little more helpful for the teams just because of travel, the sheer amount of travel that the Canadian teams had to do going East to West, West to East is, a lot and i know that's why the divisions originally were intended that way to reduce the travel um one thing i did enjoy about this year was the series style of games i'd love to i'd love it if they kept that moving forward just my opinion yeah some more back-to-backs or or three games in a row with the same team yeah it could be cool Baseball style, actually, which is similar in the way that, oh, you know, you go into the playoffs and you haven't seen this team once you get past like the first few rounds. You haven't seen this team all year. That's baseball style. That's two different, you know, leagues and then the major leagues coming together. Um, what do you guys think about this season in particular? I think for me, I don't think 82 games are necessary anymore. That was one of my main takeaways from the, the regular season. I'm not sure we really need that many games. Obviously, the NHL wants to make money, and they're not going to do that. But as fans, do we can we actually look at this and be like, you know what? I think 60 games is a decent sample size. As, yeah, absolutely. As a fan, I would agree. I don't think it's needed. But at the same time, as a fan, I'm not going to complain about them playing more. Like I enjoy being able to watch my team three or four times a week um if you decide to shorten the season by a month again i wouldn't really complain but um 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I, I don't think it's necessary, but I enjoy watching hockey. So I'm not going to be like, oh, no, you have too much hockey. So The only way well, what I, I would see... think would be like to expand the playoffs. That's so what I was just about play to say. Around. The only yeah. the only way they could, yeah. you know, how are you going to recoup that money? Well, OK, 60 games, but you add that play in round. Uh, I know hockey purists are going to hate that idea and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the NBA went through that uh, same thing. Everyone loved the play in round last year. And then all of a sudden, oh, LeBron James is in the playoffs. round. It, it sucks. How dare they do that to these teams who have competed? But it's something new. It you know, reinvented the playoff system last year. And, you know, even this playoff series was unique uh, in its own right. So, you know, people Mm -hmm. eyes were on it. Uh, I think that's how you're going to get more teams to stick around, more fans invested, Uh, you know, 60 games. So that's 30 some. So you're, you know, the average fan is saving yearly on season tickets or, you know, whatever your cost is, going to however many games you get to go to but then you know you could up that you buy some playing rounds if your team gets in or you know save that money for the playoffs if your team qualifies automatically for that uh ups the viewership so you get more eyeballs because it's playoffs it's meaningful hockey some you know some people tune out come february when your team's out of it so why not keep them? I think that's the main reason why baseball has been suffering for so long is so many teams are out of it by July and they still have three more months. So what, your promotions can only go so far to entice fans to come to the games when you play 162. Ridiculous. Uh, that's, that's, that's something baseball really needs to get under control. But uh, yeah. I mean, I, I there are rumblings of basketball going down to – keeping the 72 games instead of the 82 uh, you know, they want to expand as well. So uh, I think leagues are going to start to try some things, but they can't try too hard. Cause that's going to upset your hardcore fan base when trying to please the, the, the ones that are casual. Um, everyone talks about that's where the money is the casual fans. Cause you, you know, no matter what you do, your hardcore fans are always going to give you money and always going to be there. It's, uh, the ones that have wandering eyes, you really got to pay attention to. So if they can do it a smart way, I'm all for it. But uh, if they can't, then you're really going to mess up something. They're not going to do it anytime soon. I, I, I think it's a, a fine idea. I don't think it's going to happen. Like I'd be behind it, but they're not going to give up that money. And I don't think the play, the players would argue for their, um, like, I guess, like for their principal years of service and stuff, I forget if it's percentage based of the season, but I think it's games played. And if you're yeah, true. fewer games, you're going to have to change your agreements. And then like, you'd have people arguing for like, what about the stats and stuff like that? It's like, what's going to be the new twaggle season or like when you get your bonuses built into your contracts, like, so I don't know. Yeah. It might be more of a, point per game base you know and that might actually alleviate in case there's injuries Uh, i think knowing what we know about the nhl knowing that it's a very conservative very old boys club type of league type of sport it's unlikely right i've just been clamoring for change and that's what this this year with like the north division was so refreshing of having you know like 
Kenzie referred to like the the more Canadian based rivalries. Toronto is hated by Vancouver for more actual real reasons now than <laughs> before. Um, so it's nice. And it's also nice just being able to see the best player on the planet up against your team that many more times. I want to see more Connor McDavid. There's, there should be, every fan should be in agreement with that. Uh, so Ottawa's I, not, I, I Ottawa <laughs> yeah, maybe not, uh, <laughs> but I want to see him play Ottawa more. So <laughs> we could do that too. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's the, the thought of going back to the same old, same old actually brings me to a point where I'm like, ah, I probably won't be watching as much hockey next year. Yeah. And that, I, that's I, me I being a diehard. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that entirely too. Um, going back to same old, same old is just, okay. It was exciting for two years. And now we're back to this. Mm-hmm. after two kind of bubble playoffs and then this season, how it went and they, they need to try something. I don't know if it's an 82 game season and then they do a play in like the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'm, I'm a fan of that play in tournament. It means you're going to have yeah. more teams in the mix and you have more teams that have that shot. So if you get a 10th ranked team in a division, that's hot. They could potentially make it. And yeah. they might only be one game behind in the standings. So just well, to see that, that would give it a little more, that would give it something. It also yeah. alleviates the, uh, you know, the, the new draft rules where, you know, you can only finish in the top so many years in a row. So to kind of get the onus of get better, uh, you know, that people liked only having, what was it? Seven or eight teams in, you know, two years ago. And then this year it was like, Oh yeah, we got to go through, 15 teams to see who gets the number one spot. Yeah. So I don't see something happening until the cap starts to rise again. However long that takes, uh, yeah. who knows, but uh, the NHL is usually not the first one to react. It's usually the NBA and that's kind of the, the gold standard. And then if it works, then, other leagues try and modify it to work for them. And some people hate it. Some people like it. And if more people like it, then it kind of sticks. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, I think uh, one of my other takeaways from, uh, and Justin, you were referring to this uh, towards the end of the year, uh, some media outlets, some podcasts were kind of like, there's been this narrative of, Oh, the, the North is a weak division. Can we agree now that that's bullshit? Because clearly not, right? 18th place team is in the finals. And it happens to be a Canadian team in one of the weaker divisions, but it's not. It's pretty obvious that it's not a weaker division. Um, So that was one narrative that I'm glad that kind of um, is no longer being referred to with any sort of credibility. Yeah, and that was the, you know, the idea when they came up with the North and it was like, yeah, the winner of the North, it's a one in four shot at that point. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. Vancouver, 11 years ago now, Ottawa in 2007, and then you had Edmonton, Calgary, 06 and 04 with the break in the middle. 
Like there was a string of time where Canadian teams were constantly getting to the finals. And then, you know, we've gone 11 years without it. And everyone was like, oh man, like this could happen. Like we could finally be back in the finals. And the team that many people thought would not be it uh, is in there, but it's, I want to say mission accomplished. Like this is what to me, the NHL should dream of every three to four years is having that Canadian team, whether you're, you know, you can, there's the, I I like to differentiate it. The, the bandwagon fan versus the, you know, I'm happy, you know, I I'm still, you know, if we're playing Montreal, you know, we have that rivalry, but you know, you're kind of like, Oh, you know, good for them. I feel good for Carey Price. Like every great player at least deserves to play in a final and have that feeling, you know, whether they win it or not, that's a completely different conversation, but every great player, whether it's football in hockey, basketball, you should at least have that feeling of what it's like to make it all the way and be so close. And it sucks when you lose it been an Ottawa fan you feel for Alfredson uh and Phillips and Neil and all those players who were Spezza. So Spezza uh but you know at the end of the day having been an athlete myself you look back at those moments you're like wow I made it so close like it's it's a weak consolation prize I guess that's just the the optimism in me but you can look back and say like I know what they're going through. I, I know that feeling. And like, at least I got that point because there are a lot of players who never get to sniff at that. And a lot of great players at that too. Yeah. If I, if I may um, just interject <laughs> a little bit, because I wanted to, the, the, the bandwagon fan was actually one thing that I wanted to address um, obviously, as a fan of a team that got knocked out in the first round, um, I probably have strong feelings one way or the other. And I've always been of the mind that it, you have one team and that's it. I mean, some some people can be fans of many teams or, or fans of other players. I, I have a, a particular tendency towards a guy like Miko Rantanen for very other specific reasons, but I don't cheer for the Colorado Avalanche as a team in particular, right? This mentality, what bothers me when it comes to bandwagon fans in particular of, oh, during the season, Montreal or whatever, but Montreal in this case, uh, we could refer to Ottawa or Vancouver from previous uh, years. You hate them throughout the entire year. There's players in particular that drive you insane, whether they would be on your team or not. You would probably cheer for them, whatever. But all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh no, we're that's Canada's team now," and I'm I'm just there with them, raising their flag and pretending like I've been there the whole time. That attitude blows my mind, and I cannot stand it. Um, and in particular, if I'm speaking to those of my own Leafs fans that are doing that, you're not a Leafs fan. I'm sorry. That's just a very hard feeling, very strong opinion, whatever. But if you can actually think that if it were the flip script and Toronto was in the, if let's say Toronto <laughs> were able to win a single round and make it to the finals, which I know it's hard to even imagine. There's no way, there's no chance 
that the equivalent Habs fan would be saying, oh yeah, Canada's team, Toronto Maple Leafs. It just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen in this city with a lot of people in this city having a really strange little brother complex. And I'm talking about Ottawa towards Toronto. Uh, the only city that I think might actually get behind Leafs, again, in this theoretical world that I'm creating, uh, might be Calgary or, or other cities that don't have actual NHL teams. Um, but no, there's there's no way that the rest of Canada would be rallying behind Toronto if, the, if that was the case. And I'm speaking specifically to Leafs fans. Stop that. You're embarrassing yourself more than uh, Marner did. So Ooh. enough. That's it. Rant over. That's the so so for for every time is well that was I feel like that was invented by the media. You know, when there's one Canadian team left, everyone you know all the media go like, "Oh, it's Canada's team!" Like, mm-hmm. like it's a choice, but. I, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I'm again, I, there's been a rivalry with Montreal. So, um, I'm happy for players like Carey Price, like who's put his heart and soul into the team. Uh, Luke Richardson, who used to be, used to play, uh, used to coach in the Ottawa system and the DIFD foundation, uh, you know, very close to, to my heart. So I, I'm happy for those players and I cheer for those people. And like you said, uh, you know, it's, so it, you know, it, it's good to cheer for those people, especially because they, you know, they'll never be on your team or you mm-hmm. know, the percentage is very, very low that they would ever play for the team you cheer for. Uh, but yeah, like uh, uh, it's, it's a sticky situation. It's it, that's more of the casual fan the Fairweather fans. Yeah. The yeah, ones who I, I would agree with I would agree with Alvaro with his rant earlier. Um I've 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 heard friends of mine and coworkers and stuff like that. Oh, go Montreal. I'm like, but you're a Calgary fan. Why do you care? Um it was said we were talking about it yesterday, kind of just sitting around the last half hour at work, just saying bye to coworkers and enjoying their company and stuff like that before they all head off for the summer. Um, one of my coworkers and actually she knows hockey quite well as well. She said, no, there's a code. I'm a Leafs fan. I'm a Leafs fan. I don't cheer for the Habs period. I'm happy for Carey Price. I'm happy for Shea Weber, Corey Perry, you know, the old guys that are there, but no, no, can't stand the team. Absolutely cannot stand the team. And she's a Leafs fan. And, and I like, bet you yeah, respect no. her more for that, right? Like, Absolutely, I do. The people that are coming to me going, go Montreal, Canada's team. I'm like, get out of here. You're a, yeah. you're a whatever fan of Team X, right? And I had a guy, another coworker who all year, oh, yeah, Vancouver, we're good. We're going to kick your ass. We're going to kick your ass. I saw him yesterday, and I said, so what about that? Go Montreal. Go away. <laughs> right? I would disagree a little bit. I don't see anything wrong with once your team is eliminated, like cheering for another team. Like I, I disagree a, with the whole like, oh, it's Canada's team. Yes, it's the last team remaining in, in Canada. But like I watch more Montreal games because Ottawa tends to play them like more often, like they're what's on TV than like I don't know, than a West Coast team than, than, uh, than Vegas, for instance, in all likelihood. Um, and so I'm like, I 
I guess it's different if you cheer against the team in the regular season. I think it's a little like disingenuous to start cheering for them in the playoffs. But I think if you're kind of slightly indifferent to a team, like I don't know why Vancouver would like hate Montreal generally. You play each other a handful of times a year type of thing. And it's like Vancouver didn't make it. If you like Carey Price, why not cheer for Montreal in the playoffs type of thing? Even if like in a regular season, you're not necessarily going for them. Like it, it will make the games a little more interesting. Like I'm pulling for Montreal over Tampa, even though I don't have any like huge ties to Montreal. I'm like, I didn't want Vegas to win. Uh, so I'm like, I was cheering for Montreal. Then if I'm cheering for Montreal, like in the one before, like, beat Tampa in their $20 million over the cap. Like, stick it to the man. But, um... <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other situation right there. That being that's over an the interesting cap. one. Yeah, that's, that's an another, interesting one. That's another discussion point. So, well, I, yeah, jumping, if you hate, if you're a Leafs fan and you just hate Montreal, yeah, you can't, I think you then, like, you can't turn in your Leafs card and start cheering for Montreal because your team's eliminated. But, for a casual fan or someone who doesn't hate the team, I, I see nothing wrong with picking a team out there and, and going for it. Like when I'm watching the Euro Cup, I'm like, go Portugal. I have no tie to you, but <laughs> you won around. I am pulling for you now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of like the underdog um, kind of rooting for, for the one that's less likely to win. And that, that I totally get. That's not exactly what I was referring to. I think that just to clarify, and then I'll kind of move on. It's what more uh, what Kenzie was referring to of like, oh, you're you're being an egregious homer for your team, and then once it's no longer fitting your narrative, you're just like, oh, never mind, bend over <laughs> backwards, and I'll wave uh, the white flag and just say, yeah, I'm your, I'm on your side now yeah. too, and that's that's what bothers me in particular because I know that. And I get it. What I'm about to say, I totally understand why uh, Toronto is at the Maple Leafs in particular. The Raptors, this is not applicable. Blue Jays, not applicable. Uh, the Maple Leafs are pretty well hated in other major cities that have an NHL team. And I get it. It's the, the media, the, the fanfare, the attention that the team gets. I don't even like the amount of attention the team gets because it's usually spun the other way. It's usually, oh, well, the, ten- the attention they get will keep players from wanting to come to the Maple Leafs with the exception of John Tavares. Um, <laughs> so when I see um, fan bases that would never, ever cheer for the Maple Leafs if it was the other way around, in particular Montreal, Montreal, Toronto, Ontario, Quebec, there's a whole history to it that I totally understand. I could never see the city of Montreal rallying for the Toronto Maple Leafs like they did for the Toronto Raptors, right? Like that was Canada's team because it is Canada's team because there is no Vancouver Grizzlies. Um, and that's, I think, where, where I make the differentiation of like if we say, oh, Nova Scotia. Yeah, they have fans of all over the place, right? They have Maple Leafs fans. They have Sens fans. They have all kinds of fans because they don't have a team. And that mm-hmm. I totally get. It's when, yeah. when you're, you're thinking, oh, this entire city or this entire fan base is going to just sit on there or put their convictions away and say, oh, yeah, now we're cheering for one of our biggest rivals. That, I, I don't buy it. I, I'm kind of curious now how of the, the notion, you know, some fans 
when your team loses, some fans go, oh, well, I have to cheer for the team that beat us. No. No. Like, why Why do you think that happens? I, I've, you know, to me, that it gives you more hatred because, you know, you lost to them. You're just like, you don't want that consolation. Like, well, at least we lost to the champion. Like, no. Like, if that, you would have beat the them. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so where, where do you think that came from? Where fans are just like, oh, well, they beat us. So, like, better, you know, cheer for them. I think it's just, as you said, you say you don't want the uh, con- uh, consolation of knowing you lost the champions, but I think that's what it is. I mean, when I lost in my fantasy league and then like the person who beat me like won the league, I'm like, well, if I didn't run into him in the first round, at least I would have like, I-, I clearly would have then swept it there. <laughs> but like, no, that, it's just to like, make yourself feel a little better. I, I disagree in sports. If I'm cheering for someone and they beat my team, I'm like, no, now you have to go down. Now I want like team X to take my revenge and, and kick your ass type of thing. But I do see where the other side comes into play. I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. Like I've, I've found myself saying that where Montreal's lost in previous playoffs and the team has gone on to win or make the final and it's, Oh, well, we ran into them. Makes me feel better. hundred <laughs> percent. Just makes me feel better as a fan. <laughs> well, there, there's nothing we could have done because they were the champs. Like we were getting through them anyway. So I think that's, that's honestly, I think where it came from just people being that eternal optimist of, well, I don't want to be upset that my team lost, you know, let's find some excuse to make myself feel better because who likes losing, honestly? <laughs> well, apparently I do. <laughs> Leaf fans. <laughs> fans. They just, they just enjoy the torture for some reason. You guys are weird. <laughs> Masochists. I'm telling you, that's what it is. <laughs> well, let's not beat around the bush anymore. We have made it to the Stanley cup final. And in a uh, rant that I saw this morning, uh, once you reach the final, it's no longer the Stanley Cup finals because there's no more rounds. We're at the last round, so it's the final. Uh, oh. So uh, don't put the S on it. We're, not, we're past that S. We're no plurals anymore. Tampa Bay versus Montreal. Uh, I don't, if someone did bet that, uh, you must be rolling in a heck of a lot of money. Uh, the Tampa Bay, not so. Those odds probably wouldn't have gotten you a lot of money, but the Montreal, uh, that probably would have boosted up your betting. We're, I'll ask our uh, resident Montreal fan, um, are you excited? Uh, were you kind of hoping for New York? Uh, what is your kind of expectation of this final? Um, honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't have a preference either team. Um, New York plays very similar style to us. That smothering defense, get in front of the net, hack and whack to get the goal. Um, speed game, dump and chase sort of thing. Whereas Tampa's just, just fantastic all around. They play that smothering style. They can play that run and gun game. Um, but I think like it, it's hard for me to, get excited because I don't know. I'll be honest with everybody here. I didn't have them beat in Toronto and then I didn't have them beat in Winnipeg. 
and then I didn't have them beat in Vegas. Oh, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm over the moon. I mean, I'm so happy, but I'll be the first to say when I did my hockey pools this year and all my brackets, I started putting Montreal down. I was like, yeah, we can beat the Leafs. Yeah, we can beat the Oilers. Or yeah, we can beat when we're not making the final four. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. And I'm erasing it all and going back because honestly, I, if somebody had them here, like Justin said, who, who put them here? Nobody. Um, what I think will happen in the finals here in my pool, I have Tampa and six. So <laughs> I do like looking at the team, just how they're built, how they're, how skilled they are. And then that X factor of Vasilevsky in the net being the best being arguably one of the best goalies in the world. I, I feel like we've kind of met our match here where we've, we've kind of, we've pulled it along. We've been this Cinderella team, but now we're hitting the wall. This is the best team in the planet on the planet. So I, I'm looking forward to this series. Um, I wasn't a super fan of the of the Tampa Bay Islanders series, um, especially the last game. I don't know if you guys watched it, but I thought it was kind of boring until the last five minutes. But I don't know if that's because New York, but I don't know. It, it was just like, I was surprised when I saw Tampa had 30 shots. I'm like, it feels like nothing happened for these 50 minutes. Um, but I thought the Montreal series was really entertaining. So I have high hopes for this one. I, I do think like these are two of the best goaltenders that were in the playoffs this year. And I think that can make for a very entertaining series. Tampa, obviously, I think they have more firepower. But Montreal has been like rolling their lines. Like everyone's been chipping in. Caulfield is having an excellent playoff. Like they're showing that depth, even like Perry and that fourth line is like doing a lot of good work for them. I think that can compete compete with uh, the depth that Tampa has, like Goudreau and everyone on their third line that does a lot of that grunt work. Um, a big thing will be penalties. What penalties are going to be called going back to the ref discussion? Because the penalties, Montreal is running at something stupid like 94% penalty kill which is just crazy 37, 37 crazy. that's insanity uh, the static saw last night they've allowed three power play goals and they have four shorthanded they've had four which is just so 37 for 40 and i think tampa if the refs give or montreal gives tampa too many power play opportunities i think that's what's going to sink them up that's obviously not a sustainable <laughs> penalty kill percentage and the firepower tampa has like if they get an even like each of them get four power plays. I think Tampa's going to have the advantage. I think if penalties aren't being as called, I like Montreal's going to stay up there with them. Like, and I think that's what's going to come down to. As long as both goaltenders and everyone remains healthy, um, it's going to be a high shot series. And we'll have to see who comes out. Tampa, I would give the edge to, but I'm cheering for Montreal. I'd also like to see what happens with Kucherov. He didn't play game seven and there's still, I haven't heard any word of what's going on with him, whether Kucherov it's a shoulder was, or seven. was he? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Disregard. He didn't play game uh, six, but he was out there. On, yeah. Uh, the I was going to say, I didn't, I didn't watch, I didn't watch it much last night. I was busy doing other things. Um, and I was going to say, if he's out long-term, then we got a real good shot. But if he's back, I, I don't well, the really think our chances even less. 
like I don't know if he's fully recovered, let's say, but he he was back. But again, Tampa yeah. only had like they scored one shorthanded goal and one one nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, well. He- He's a big X factor for them too. Like, I mean, they've already got Stamkos and Hedman and the list goes on and on, but he just adds that extra point. Yeah. Well, oh, you, that's what I mean. The list goes on yeah. and on, right? That's crazy. Throw Kucherov in there, who's one of their top skilled players. And it's just, I, I think they're too slow. For MVP, depending who wins, like assuming the MVP comes from the winning team, which is like 19 out of 20 times. Yeah, Unless if you're what Dwayne Rollison like that one year or whoever, but um, but no, I think Point is up there for MVP. Vasilevsky, Price, Caulfield, if he keeps up scoring, but um, yeah, I I almost think you it has to go to Carey Price. Like it's that uh, every now and then there's those you know a player does extraordinary things in the playoffs and he's a veteran, so even though there's a young guy who's lighting it up the the voters tend to go to that you know that older veteran who's like gone through a lot and it's almost like a extra reward for all their service it so would, well uh, I, suit the storyline yeah Patrick exactly MVP in 1993 carry price mvp in 2021 <laughs> yeah i i i mean yeah it's, it's hard for the voters I, not to to put carry price's name down even if they lose, yeah, exactly. he'll get some votes, whether he, you know, yeah, if it's, I, there's a way he can still win it if they lose, if he's like lights out and it's, they, you know, they lose, you know, two overtime games out of four. And so like he could pull a Jean-Sebastien Giguere and be, you know, lights out, but still lose and then get the con Smythe. But I don't think I don't think to him that wouldn't be a consolation prize. He wants to to win it, and then if he wins the con Smythe, then that's the cherry on top. But who do you have winning this series, Justin Alvaro? I mean, it's anyone hard. going to Montreal? Are we all Tampa? <laughs> I mean, when you're that much over the salary cap and you get away with it, that's. Uh... I, I still don't understand how that yeah. works, but uh, it's they're the defending champions for a reason. Uh, I mean, every series we see those memes where no one picks Montreal, and then you know, now was it two people picked Montreal out of fifteen in the Vegas series? So like, they're clearly using it as motivation. Uh, I think they're going to lead a little more motivation against Tampa Bay. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to be a, a sweep of any. They're going to win games. Uh, it's just it's it's hard to to bet against the Stanley Cup champions when they've been so hot. True. Yeah, I almost don't even want to um, say which way I see it playing out because it's not even what I want. It's at this point like what I want clearly doesn't matter. Uh, but like um you're not bitter though <laughs> oh no 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 i'm fine i'm fine no i'm fine no i'm not fine there's beyond <laughs> bitterness but i'm trying to i'm trying to uh keep a level head um it's almost futile at this point this is what i'm kind of getting at is that even like what like uh what kenzie was referring to like 
yeah, everyone, you know, keeps going against Montreal. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. They've made it this far. It's what a fairy tale. Uh, but now they hit the wall. Um, so I'm not even going to go down that route. I'd actually, I'm actually more interested in seeing how this plays out as far as like the, the actual salary cap implications um, on, the, on the Tampa side of things. Because it's interesting that Kucherov is actually, you know, not, he's clearly fighting against some sort of injury, something still bothering him. And what if this is like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe he doesn't play at all next season again. How, oh, what yeah. convenient uh, storyline that could be. Um, it is a, a little annoying. And I think it's, it's another thing that the NHL is going to try their best to not address. Um, but it's going to be this giant elephant in the room that, like, okay, well, um, you know, your Stanley Cup champion was 20 million over the cap. And one of the NHL's best defensemen specifically said it in one of his press conferences, uh, Dougie Hamilton, that is. And it's, it's a, a narrative that they can only run from for so long. So it'll be interesting to see that this, this whole round is going to have a lot of different storylines behind them. The, the fairy tale Cinderella story from the Montreal Canadiens, uh, the Carey Price, literally bring, bringing them into this picture. They wouldn't be there without Carey Price. Um, and probably being one of the front runners for the Smythe, regardless of the outcome. And on the other side, it's the financial, it's the business stuff of the of the league that they want to kind of keep at bay as best as they can. Um, but it's going to start to creep its head and, and be a real, I think it's going to start to become more and more talked about and become a real storyline. Um, you can only put guy like Tyler Johnson on waivers so many times and clearly it's a problem and no one wants to help you because why would they why would they want to help uh the tampa bay lightning get under uh under any sort of conformity for the salary cap um so that's as much as i'll say for this round i think it's going to be interesting and i will be watching um i've watched less and less hockey as we've gone on but this, it always comes back to stanley cup finals as always uh, sorry, Stanley Cup final <laughs> is always uh, a must-watch. Um, so here we go again. Uh, I won't be cheering for any team in particular. Um, the blue and white team is not the one that I would have wanted. So it is what it is. What do you think of John Cooper's comments that uh, the Bell Center should be uh, at full capacity? Oh, no. Troll. I think he's a troll. Yeah, he's just trying to stir things up. Obviously, everything's that's... fine in Florida. Clearly, I mean, nothing's yeah, nothing's happening in Florida. No variants there. No, no. I mean, that's a call for the government to make in any case. And I, I kind of, I don't like when teams try to mess with various politics in general. And so, I don't think it was a needed comment. But I mean, it, if it succeeds in throwing the Canadians off, like, good on him, I guess. But uh, I don't necessarily approve of that. Not that he needs my approval, obviously, but like it's not a strategy type of thing that I would go for. Well, I yeah, found and that- it could be very well deflecting, deflecting off of uh, attention from their players or from um, from the the salary cap conversation. It's 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 one way to try to take hold of a, a new storyline or a new narrative. 
and yeah. things that even the organization, whether it's Montreal or Tampa Bay, neither of them have any sort of say, neither of them have any sort of authority or, or, or decision-making uh, abilities in that regard. Uh, I do think it's funny that the city clearly didn't do much uh, to dissuade hundreds of thousands of people um, from but, gathering on the streets. But it's remember, very similar it's, to a lot of things we've seen in Florida. It's, it's outside. It's okay. You know, if you're out yeah, in the yeah, fresh of course, air. You know. It was Fête Nationale yeah, okay. and just... Mais uh, c'est ça, man. Ouais. C'est ça, exactement. The story writes itself. Or? It writes yeah. itself, you know. <laughs> c'est ça. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be... Uh, I. I can't see more. If they up it, I don't see the number going higher than 5,000, which would be yeah. double what they're allowed now. Um, That's 35 at the moment, right? Is it 30, yeah, 35? Is it 35? 35? Okay. I know they said it. Well, I mean, it's been pretty loud for having that few fans compared to other American rinks where they're at full capacity again. So, uh, you know, it's not a, a noise thing. They're certainly loud enough. Uh, it's good to hear fans in the stands. It got a little, a little weird sometimes watching games and you you expecting a cheer or uh, you know a, a clapping for something happening, and it's just echoey and stick taps and players yelling. And so it's good to nice. hear. It's good to hear fans again. In, in Canadian rinks, anyways. No, you weren't you weren't a fan of the uh, the, the canned uh, almost laugh track type of um, audience as, sounding. As much as I speakers. like, as much as I like hearing the organ guy, you know, yell at himself for messing up that that song. <laughs> uh, the wrong boo. He puts yeah, the boo in the wrong for the wrong team. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, I I'm looking forward to to having listening to fans and all. 32 rinks now uh, for Ooh. next season, uh, which kind of is a tease. Uh, I'm sure we'll do an episode on the expansion draft, which is uh, coming up uh, in less, it has to be less than a month now, I believe. It's July in July 21st. Three, I think. 21st, three yeah. We're, oh, okay. Yeah, just, the draft is the 23rd. So we're just over, we're just under a month away. Uh, which would lead into uh, right before the Olympics start. It's going to be a busy July uh, for this podcast. I hope uh, not my work life because, I mean, the pandemic's going on. What else do I have to do with uh, with my uh, life? But, uh, gentlemen, thank you so very much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's uh, always a pleasure. Always good to have uh, new, new thoughts, new uh, takes. Uh, no matter how salty or how sad we are, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, um, we will see you very shortly. All of you listening, uh, enjoy the series and, uh, don't forget to like our social media pages, sports night podcast on Facebook, Instagram. We have our giveaways. Uh, so if you want a free hat from our sponsor draft apparel co go on social media like uh, us like them uh drop us a line and you'll be entered in to win uh so once again thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you thank you for having us always joy yeah thanks justin that was fun take care stay safe
stay safe and sport on.